This is Making Shift Happen, and I'm your host, Jen Cates. Over the years, I've coached hundreds of clients to find their ideal self through the way they nourish their bodies and minds, and now I'm here to help pass on these same strategies to you. So let's stop the madness and get your results once and for all. Let's go. Hello, friends. Thanks for joining me today as we talk about the nuances around whether to take a rest day or to train. Because in my previous episode, which was number 25, I'll go ahead and link that in the show notes in case you missed it, I requested you to take a damn rest day. <laughs> so did you? <laughs> I kid, I kid. But but in all actuality, you should really consider how and when you take a rest day. But how do you know when to do that? You know, how do you know when do you when do you take a rest day? When do you train? How do you know when to or how to differentiate between the two? So that's why today I'll talk about how you can discern whether to take a rest day or to train. So hopefully you can use these tips going forward with your own training. Now, you know, all too often I find it can be really difficult personally, and I'm sure you can probably relate to this. I find it's just difficult to find the balance between training and and just the busyness of life in general. But I think that's the thing is we use that word balance all too often and I and I really am a firm believer that balance is overrated and likely not maybe not the right word choice in this particular instance or really most of the time because I think it needs to be more about integration. Integration is is a, a good differentiating term. You know, you need to find a way to integrate your sport and your training into your life and vice versa. Because if training is of importance to you and your health and, and hell, your goals, whatever your goals are, then there needs to be a better way to integrate it into your life, right? And, and I think many, many athletes I see, and maybe this sounds like you, but many athletes I see, they struggle with this concept and they end up sabotaging their progress by overtraining, whereas some of them might even sabotage their progress by not training enough or at least hard enough or pushing themselves enough. And then they get curious about why they don't see any progress. So let's strike a balance or I guess I don't want to use that word, but let's, let's strike a, let's just find a way where we can integrate your training into your life and hopefully empower you to discern the difference for yourself, whether you're going to take a rest day or you're going to train. All right. So today I broke it up into five tips and let's start with tip number one, track your metrics. And when I say metrics, I do mean both subjective and objective metrics. You know, I, I did work in science research, scientific research for quite a while in clinical trials for, gosh, I guess about a dozen or so years. And, you know, while I think objective metrics are incredibly important, they're the more scientific things, more hard cut data points. I do also really think that that subjective metrics are incredibly important, if not equally so, or more so even. Um, so this is what I mean when I say track your metrics before and after your training sessions, be sure to check in with yourself and note how much sleep you got the night before. And even earlier in the week, ask yourself how your nutrition and hydration have been in the days 
of your training session as well as the days leading up to your training session because how you fuel more regularly throughout the week is actually what is going to impact you most because you can tend to have a little bit more of an energy deficit and things like that, uh, especially with our female athletes who are, you know, or any, I shouldn't say female athletes, but any athlete who's menstruating, um, you know, ask yourself if you've possibly been eating at your regular maintenance level, or if you've been eating at a reduced level that could leave you a little bit more fatigued, you know, ask how your stress has been. Is it at kind of a typical baseline for you or has it been pretty elevated recently based on certain events or just the busyness of life? Are you uh, injured either acutely or chronically? Because if you are, that's definitely going to be a sign that you should probably take some rest. Are you sick or feeling under the weather? And if you are or are not, how often are you sick? You know, are you under the weather more often? And if so, that could be an indication that you might need to take a little bit more rest. Also check in about your fatigue level. Check in to see if that's at baseline. You know, if you're not really fatigued, not really feeling fatigued, or if you might be a little bit more elevated with your fatigue levels and so on and so forth. Now, Sorry to talk about menstruating again, but it is incredibly important because that is going to be the differentiating factor between a lot of us here who are listening today. So for those of you who are menstruating, you know, is it the week before your cycle starts? And are you feeling a little weaker or more fatigued? Because the week before your cycle actually starts, especially those few days leading up to your cycle start date, that's when you could be feeling a little bit more fatigued and maybe just not, not interested in training and that's totally normal it's not you it's not you being lazy or using it as an excuse it's just your hormone profile you know impacts that check in and see if you're seeing any improvements in your strength whether that means you're increasing the weight or resistance with which you are lifting or maybe the number of reps that you're able to complete or the time under tension, you know, the tempo work you're doing compared to previous sessions over time. So look at those trends, look at those, you know, uh, situations in terms of your lift, lifting weights and, and rep numbers and things like that. And just see if there's been progress there. If you haven't seen progress in your training lately, or you're feeling chronically tired, injured, or stressed, aren't we all, then it might be time to take a break and to take some more rest days every week. So maybe instead of taking one day rest day a week, you might need to take two. You know, the only way you can know this is by tracking your damn metrics and checking in with yourself every day as you approach your training. You know, check to see what your resting heart rate is every morning. That's a really good indication, uh, especially when you wake up and before you start moving check, you know, check in with your resting heart rate. If you're wearing a a wearable device like a Garmin or Apple watch or something like that, that will do it for you. But it is ideal to definitely look at your resting heart rate before you even get out of bed and then track that over time, because that will actually be a really good indication of just your recovery and how good you're sleeping and things like that. Um, do keep in mind that many of these symptoms that I just talked about, they could also indicate that you need more than a rest day. They might even indicate that you, I don't know, need to learn some better stress management techniques (laughs) or eating strategies to better fuel yourself to help with recovery and performance. But you do need to start somewhere by tracking these things. All right. So start by tracking or rating them maybe on a scale of, I don't know, one to 10 or one to five, for example, you know, do whatever feels good for you. But the goal is to start tracking and becoming more aware of how things like this 
are impacting your overall performance and how you're feeling in general. Okay. So tip number two, limit the intensity, but don't be scared to push it either. I know this is kind of counterintuitive because those are two extremes that I'm talking about, but let's talk about intensity here because while intensity is great and it can make you feel amazing, like you are conquering the fucking world after your workouts that maybe leave you panting and laying on the ground. Crossfitters, I'm looking at you. (laughs) Uh, It's even better, however, to limit these intense bouts of working out that, you know, leave you just breathless and and completely spent. It's better to limit those, the, the frequency of basically those intense efforts. Okay. I usually suggest aiming for no more than two to three very intense efforts per week with the rest of your sessions that week, including things like longer duration exercise or things that maybe are just easier, moderate, easy to moderate tempo work, you know, as well as strength work that aren't necessarily, you know, done intensely, not done for time, maybe done for quality. And in doing so, you might find that you, I don't know, you'll sleep better and you're a hell of a lot less fatigued and dragging in the gym or on the bike. Because all too often what I see is, you know, folks who hit every single training session with intensity, not really caring too much about the quality of their repetitions or their movement or their movement on the bike, if they're not in the gym. And instead, just hammering the hell out of every single session and getting to their max heart rate every single session. And man, your body's just going to be tired, you know, maybe not so much when you're in your 20s or your teens, but you know, once you start hitting your 30s and 40s and recovery becomes a little bit of a different game, you might notice that your recovery from these intense bouts of of training might just be, might be a little bit reduced, you know, might be a a little bit limited. Now, In the week, and I did hint at this earlier, but in the week prior to your menstrual cycle, you may also find that your desire and I mean, hell, even your ability to move intensely will be greatly reduced. And that's because your hormonal profile at the time is just limiting your ability to really push it. And that's fine. Try not to fight through it. Try to work with your body, listen to it, respect your body and give it that grace period of a few days before your, before your period, because, you know, chances are you just need a few days. All right. And you know, be sure to reduce the volume and possibly even the weight that you're lifting for just a few days. I mean, we're talking like a couple of days, people. That week, you know, if you feel that your menstrual cycle impacts your performance. Now, not everyone's going to feel this. Again, it's because we're all, we all have different hormonal profiles. We're all impacted differently with our menstrual cycle. So just respect that, you know, and try to keep Try to keep track of that and help even your menstrual cycle could, could be one of those metrics that you are choosing to track from tip number one. So, you know, start, start by tracking your menstrual cycle and just tracking the symptoms around your, your cycle and, and just seeing how you feel overall. How's your bloatedness, headaches, you know, how's your, just your energy levels, your sleep, how's your, your bowel movements, all of that stuff, because that stuff can be impacted. If you know, you know. Uh, now on your intense training days on the other end of the spectrum, I don't want you to be scared to push it. If you've checked in with yourself and you feel ready to hit the gas pedal hard that day, because sometimes you might not be training or pushing yourself very much. And that could also be robbing you of your progress. So push yourself, damn it. (laughs) You know, try, try lifting more weight. If your form is solid and safe or try climbing your bike faster or I don't know, at a higher cadence, if you typically go slower or try to ride your bike a little bit longer before you take a rest break on that ride, just 
push yourself when you're feeling good. All right. Check in with yourself. That's why those metrics and daily check-ins are just so important because sometimes we get blinded by our busyness in life and we get blinded by our meetings and kids and responsibilities. And, and that leads us to just block out how we're feeling. And I, I want you all to check in on yourself. So let's move on to tip number three, take regular rest days. So start by taking a look at your schedule every week and, you know, determine what days are, I don't know, the best days to train given your meetings, responsibilities, and, you know, your place those days, um, and, and stick to them. You know, I, I want you to, I want you to pre-plan your, your training days first, and then, you know, think about, okay, when, when's a good rest day? You know, so then look at your schedule, figure out your energy levels, your meetings, responsibilities, all that stuff. Then schedule your training days based on your schedule and your energy levels for the week. Then I often suggest on top of that, scheduling in your rest days. I really, really love training two to three days, then taking a rest day, and then training for another two to three days before my next rest day. So I, I take two rest days uh, at a minimum every week. Some some weeks, hell, I take four days. It just all depends. Um, but two days at a minimum and, you know, just figure it out, figure out what works for you, but just try this as an example, two to three days of training, take a rest day, and then another two to three days of training before your next rest day, stick to that schedule and just see how it feels. Because the only way you're going to see how you, how you feel with, you know, regular rest days is by taking them. You know, I know it sounds kind of common sense, but all too often we, we sometimes don't take rest days. So I'm encouraging you to schedule them in. Okay. Tip number four, spend your rest days wisely. So how you spend your rest days can, can ultimately help you reduce, you know, the intensity of any DOMS you might experience. And DOMS is uh, what's, what's called delayed onset muscle soreness. So this is which, this is the, basically the soreness that you feel within the following, you know, 24 to 72 hours after your training. Usually sometimes people will feel it like 48 hours. It, it just, everyone's different. Um, but DOMS, it's, it's people's favorite thing. Let's just say now on rest days, move your body a little bit by at least walking around. Like, you know, don't sit on a couch and eat bonbons and Oreos and stuff like that. Well, amazing. Uh, I love sloth Sunday or sloth, sloth Saturday, whatever, whatever day you want to do, make it a sloth day. Uh, while it's nice and maybe you do need that because you've really trained intensely, you've maybe added or increased your mileage that week, or I don't know, increased your deadlift by another 20 pounds. I mean, who knows, right? Maybe you've just had a hell of a training week and a hell of a week with work and everything like that. And maybe you are tracking your metrics and, and you're checking in with yourself and you know that like, yeah, dude, I need a day where I'm just on the freaking sofa. That's fine. Do it. If that, if that, if that is what makes you happy and gets you feeling more motivated, quote unquote, motivated the next day to train or that week to train, do it, whatever it takes. But if you're wondering what the hell to do on rest days, I do recommend at least walking around, you know, mobilizing, doing some active stretching or recovery movements, whatever it is for you, it just needs to be low intensity movement. You know, this is why walking is great because you need to walk anyways, or if you're a biker or cyclist, you know, do something easy, but I, I emphasize that with all capital letters here, you know, easy biking. It needs to be an easy spin. You need to not be breaking a sweat, (coughs) excuse me. 
Um, and you know, get a massage if you're able to, or foam roll, you know, a little bit to get some blood flow going. And I'm not saying foam rolling is magical while it does work for me and it feels good to me. Uh, (laughs) good (laughs) type two type of good. Uh, just know that I'm doing it just kind of, you know, get some blood flow going through my muscles and kind of get, get things going. I don't know. Just get some movement because encouraging some level of blood flow through your body it, it really can help speed up recovery and it can just help you feel better overall as you hit your next training session or your next ride or whatever. Okay. Last, but certainly not least tip number five. I get passionate about this one, y'all. So tip number five, don't overlook your nutrition. You know, how you fuel your body is how you fuel your training. I need to write that down. That was good. How you, how you fuel your body is how you fuel your training and just your life in general. So if you're constantly eating more processed foods, not that that's anything wrong with that, but if you're constantly eating more processed foods with loads of added sugars and not enough vegetables, fruits, lean protein, then your body could be in a chronic state of low-level inflammation. And I'm not trying to make inflammation sound like the big mean beast that it is, although it is, it is, you know, it's not a favorable thing. But when you're in a chronic state of low-level inflammation, that is when you live in, you know, a greater chance or a greater risk of injury or disease. Yeah, sounds lovely, doesn't it? <laughs> so try to eat more damn fruits and vegetables and lean protein. You know, if you're plant-based, your protein's pretty much already lean, uh, except if you're aiming for a little bit more nuts and seeds and things like that that have fat in them. But, you know, get more fiber in your diet. Get some more whole grains in your diet and just eat the rainbow, you know? And I'm not talking about Fruit Loops or anything like that or Starburst. Um, eat the rainbow in terms of colorful fruits and colorful vegetables and, you know, try to shop a little bit more on the perimeter of the grocery store. I'm sure you've heard that before, but there is some level of validity to that because once you start going down the aisles a little bit more, that's when you get into a little bit more of processed food land, which, you know, it can just be, you're more detached from, by eating processed foods, you're just more detached from the source of the actual food. Okay. So it just becomes less and less and less the food becomes less and less like when it was pulled out of the ground. Okay. So just something to consider, but don't overlook your nutrition. I cannot emphasize that enough. Consider what you're eating. And most importantly, what I find quite often is a lot of folks, especially when they're doing intense workouts or intense, you know, physical endeavors like mountain biking or CrossFit or something, something like that, they might be under eating, you know, and maybe you're not fueling enough. And that's going to be a whole other podcast episode that I'll, I'm sure I'll be doing, you know, here in the near future. But I definitely wanted to get this out and help you learn how to discern whether or not you were, you're ready for a rest day or you might need, you might be ready to train. Okay. So let me just recap. Number one, track your subjective and objective metrics before and after your training sessions track your metrics. Just, I don't care how you do it. It can be on a piece of paper. If you're old school, that's fine. It can be in an app. You know, I know with my training app, I usually add notes and things like that when I, when I enter my workouts or when I remember to enter my workouts, you know, and, but every day I'm, I'm always checking with myself. So number one, track your metrics. 
and be consistent with them. Okay. Number two, limit your intensity to two to three times a week, but hit it hard and push yourself when you do decide to push it and do something intense. Number three, take regular rest days and schedule them out along with your ideal training days based on your energy levels and schedule. Okay. Number four, spend your rest days wisely by getting some more blood flow into your day and into your, into your body, you know, walk some more, maybe do some easy biking, easy mobilizing, whatever that is for you. Last, but certainly not least number five, optimize the hell out of your nutrition with plenty of lead and protein, some fruits and vegetables while reducing the amount of processed foods and added sugars that you consume. Okay. Together. I really feel like these tips can help you discern if and when you need rest days so you can train at your best. And that's ultimately, I know what, what you all want to want to do. You want to train at your best. You want to perform at your best. You want to be at your best. So hopefully this is getting you a little bit closer to that. Okay. Anyways, friends, I, man, I just, I, I appreciate you so much. Please subscribe to this podcast. If you haven't already share it on all of your socials and stay tuned for next week. If you're interested in learning more about the nutrition side of things or about my periodized programming that I do for mountain bikers that I lovingly call hashtag shredstrong, then please, please, please join my email list using the link in the show notes. I'll keep you updated for the upcoming launch that I have of the Shred Strong program in the fall, as well as the Moderation 365 for Mountain Bikers program that I'm releasing late this year. So we can start get started in 2022. Mind blown. We're only like six months, less than six months away for that. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in either one of these programs or just one-on-one coaching with me, hey, join my mailing list. See what I'm all about. See if you like me. Hey, you know, if I'm not your cup of tea, there's plenty of other coaches out in the wild, wild west and out in the open for you to choose from. So I'm so excited about both of these programs though. And I'd love to have you on the email list. I email maybe once or twice a month, so nothing too annoying, but for now, I hope you have a beautiful day and take a damn rest day, friends. Have a good one. <laughs>